0: Good afternoon, everybody. Optiguesis Queen New Credit dunjaba, Bakwa Dodem, Missisagi and Today I like this smudge to um bring us together in a good way to open our hearts and our minds and to listen with um grace and ease today with uh, our um, speaker. Uh, We would like to thank the um, Ontario Children Foundation Resilient Communities Fund for their financial support to help us bring Indigenous conversations to a wider community through this webinar series. I'd like to say a few words about Diane before she starts her talk. Diane spoke Thomas is Anishinaabe of the Bear Clan from the Mississauga Nation. She has raised, she was raised on the teachings of her ancestors and has practiced the traditional ways of life in both her professional career and personal life. She is a strong advocate for cultural based teachings and commissioned to create traditional regalia and items for special occasions using her own artistic designs. Diane serves as a director and chair of the Debangawan Cultural Center and makes her home near the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. I'd like to introduce you to Diane Thomas Smoke. Hello,
1: Anine Boshur. I'm uh, I'm happy to be here, and I would like to um say thank you, Gladys Faith for introducing. Me and um, today is uh, is uh, the topic um, murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. Um, that that's very personal topic for me. So um, I would uh, I had uh, lit a smudge earlier as well. And I had asked my, uh, the helpers and the ancestors to uh, guide me in a message to, to relate to you and uh, with wise words and uh, open heart. And, and, um, and I also would like to honor the murdered and missing indigenous women and girls and survivors in their families, it's very important to me that we honor them, not just today, but every day. They deserve that. They're our families, our loved ones, and and we should never ever forget them. At this time, I would like to honor uh, perhaps, um, the honor of uh, um, participating in this, this event. And um, I had, uh, um, uh, I'd like to acknowledge that those of us participating are coming from traditional lands of many nations, and that in preparation uh, for all of us present. I did do do my own ceremony prior to signing on and offered prayers for us all and to have a good conversation today. As um, I begin my story on uh, my personal story, um, it may be difficult a difficult conversation for some to um, listen to and and it may may um, um, have triggers so um, it may be a good maybe you should light as much or 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 have some kind of Grounding techniques, or talking to somebody, or um, have somebody there, to, just to help you out on uh, um, if you if you experience any difficulties because I know I do, and uh, I uh, try to um, do these grounding techniques to help me get through through uh, what is what I'm going to say. I, I, the, um, my story is about, um, my niece, Trish, she's, uh, she was, she was 14 years old and, um, she was very happy, you know, when we were together and, um, and I was, and I was a proud auntie and we laughed. She had a hearty laugh and, um, and, uh, Really loud. We could always have a good old belly laugh together, no matter where we were. And um, her her goal in life and her dream was she wanted to be a stewardess one day. So she we shared some good stories and some good laughs and uh, some not so good stories. But as as expected, as a young teenager growing up. Uh, there was always challenges there. So on um, September 25th, 92, um, that was the day that had changed for me. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that day. Trish lived in Toronto with her family and she had uh, went downtown Toronto with her friends, down to um, the Eaton Center, Young Street down there. And um, she, she never came home. Uh, she was found in a construction site across from the Eaton Center. And uh, she was found in the morning when the construction workers went in. And they thought she was, uh, it was a mannequin. She was, um, stuffed in a hole. And um, she was uh, head first and her feet was sticking out and uh, one construction worker thought it was a mannequin. And I always wondered how she got there. And they found her and the hole was 55 inches by 58 inches, and um, I was, and Trish, she was. Uh, um, we wondered how she got in there because she she would not have fallen in there herself. And so, I, it was about um, maybe three or four days later, or maybe even a week. I had went down to the construction site. I went in behind the, the one of the side streets off of the, off, off Young Street. And I went in behind the barriers of the construction site. And I walked around there. The construction site was, uh, it was a parquet and um, there was that bench there and, and that, parquet was being turned into a a building and uh, so I went over there and I sat on the bench and I was I was um, trying to trace or remember or figure out what her her last movements were what she was doing or or her last thoughts and what had happened to her and why she was there and uh, and uh, how this all happened so I and I got walking around after I sat down I got up and I walked around and I went over to that hole where she was found and I looked in there, and there was, uh, if if she didn't get stuck on the way down, there was no way that no one would be able to see her. The hole was so deep, but her arm had got caught. And um, when uh, I looked in that hole, there was pennies at the bottom of the hole. And I figured they had, fallen out of her pocket. But according to the police report, the police had said um, Trish was probably trying to reach down and look for to get her, her money. And I thought that's not Trish. I said she would she wouldn't care about those pennies. So I figured they had fallen while she was they had fallen out of her pocket. So um, after that, uh, it was about maybe five months la- later. There was an in- inquest, and um, sitting at the inquest and listening to to this, to her friends that were with her and their stories and, you know, I was sad and I felt hurt and pain for them because they were the last ones to see her there. And um, I guess I I couldn't, it was hard for me to believe, still and was hoping it was like how people all say, it's all a dream, but I knew it wasn't. And and it was real, and to um, sit there for a week and hear everything. And then um, this one day, while we we're on a break, with the uh, they had a break, and I was standing in the lobby, and I'll never forget. What this lady had said, she was part of the the um, court. I call it the court, the inquest, and um, and I remember her standing out in the lobby and talking to her her uh, co-workers or her partners in the law, saying, um, "Or oh, maybe she should." Maybe she should move to Toronto so she could be found in the gutter. And I thought, wow, did I just hear that? Did that lady just say that? And and I was just disgusted. I've never told anybody that. I said, no, not even my family. But This will be the first time they probably will hear it today as well. So um, this this still sticks with me now and then, and I still am um, in the process of uh, um, relaying my, my message and, and, and also on my healing journey as well. Um, through that experience at the inquest and hearing that, that tells me that um, the justice system has to be more uh, there has to be more work done in that area as well in um, not to treat our young women or or any one of us in that way and speak of us that way that has to change as well um, and uh, after uh, that uh, inquest, I had um, started to participate or uh, um, get involved in some of the the activities, the awareness. And in, uh, in and as an auntie to my niece, I I honor her every day and. And these, these events that I, I tend to go and bring awareness is, uh, helps me heal, helps me understand, helps me um, to um, build relationships with the other family members because we all share the same pain and we all, and we all, Heal at different times, and to to be together as one group brings us the strength and love we all need. And so um, uh, that's how I get. That helps makes my heart a little happier, healed a little better, and. Um, uh, with love, listening, and learning, these are the tools I hold in my bundle for other family members of murdered, missing women and girls, and survivors. I hold that for them, so that when it's their time to share their stories, or just to need a space, hold space for them. That that's that is my gift to them, and to give them the strength. And uh, all across Turtle Island, Canada, uh, it's it's. Uh, tragic it's terrible you know and every day you see on social media one of our our sisters are being murdered missing what happens to them over there happens to us in our and we feel the same pain so those are uh, we need we need to um to educate ourselves and educate the other the the Canadians you know we all need to be in in that same circle so we can put one another love one another and care for each other and have that compassion you know so much is going on today that we need we need the compassion from for each other. Some of the, and the, I'm gonna go on to um, some of the events that I've uh, participated in these, uh, some of the uh, uh, one that uh, stands out. And in May, I keep on saying made my heart happy was the Walking With Our Sisters um, installation. It was um, uh, started in June, 2012. And there was a call out for to submit Vance and I wasn't really sure what that was about. So I kept reading and researching and uh, and the vamps are the top of the moccasins and um so what christy belcourt was the one who um asked for the um and to honor the the sisters so i thought this was a good way to honor my niece Trish, so I had um, uh, prepared uh, um, a couple designs I wanted to to put in there to represent Trish, and uh, I knew the deadline was approaching, and um, so I was getting out my um, designs, and and the one I was going to use, well, that kind of went went down the drain, I, um, I ended up having this uh, wonderful, beautiful dream of Trish. And um, it was, was uh, my dream was we were sitting in our, one of the, it seemed like it was an old home and we we're sitting on the floor and there was a rug there and we we're sitting there and we we're just, laughing hard and just having fun and, and uh, big old belly laughs we we're having. And um, I looked at her. And when I looked at her, all I could see was orange, bright orange glowing from behind her and it even glowed in her hair, you know, and it, it was a beautiful dream and and so that was my My idea came from designing that vamp for her. And the color of the vamps was orange. And in that middle of that vamp in the center is the brightest evening star you could see. And then around those stars were all the other little stars and they were bright as well. So I'm thinking this this is Trish and those are all her her ancestors, her helpers up there in the spirit world. So this is how I came about to designing the dance. And around the vamps was um, put with seven beads all the way around the vamp. And the seven beads represent the seven grandfather's teachings and the seven generations that Trish would, would be a part of if she continued to, if she wasn't taken from us. I made a second pair of Vamps, which was also bright green. And on those Vamps was, was uh, I beaded a flower. One was completed and it had the same seven beads around the edge to represent the seven grandfathers, the seven generations, and then the other one was beaded. But that flower wasn't finished. I didn't finish it. Because that represents the sisters that were robbed of their lives that didn't live to fulfill their dreams. Didn't didn't live to have children. Didn't live to to enjoy their life. That what they were. That creator had planned for them, and at the end, surrounding that band, I left one edge open. There is no beads in there. Those be it was left open. So those sister spirits could travel home to their loved ones and visit them. And that's why I left that open. So when uh, uh, that installation came to the Six Nations, that's when uh, I met some wonderful ladies from Six Nations and who were family members, and I was um, excited but nervous to go and, and um, participate in events in in helping them, but I also in a way I wanted to go because I knew Trish was there. And, and that made my heart happy as well because I knew she was with all the other sisters. And that was healing for me. And I knew and I knew the love that surrounded all the all the events that you've seen in there all the stories, all, all the beautiful spirits. You know, it was, it was uplifting. And I wasn't as sad for Trish because I knew she would be with all the other sisters to tell their stories, to share their stories This installation traveled across Canada, United States and I knew Trish was traveling with them. Their stories are being told, they're being heard, they're being loved. And and that, that gave me comfort. And come time for the uh, the end of the uh, installation was the um, the traveling of the vamps were were um, closing our group. I'm a I'm a part of the group of love starts with us. out oh, the Six Nations. And that's what came about for me was the support of these ladies, these family members. And and we had vamps in there. So come time for the the closing ceremony, we traveled. We traveled and, and we went to retrieve our family vamps our family member, Vance. And it was almost like a closing for me in a way, because I I knew that their stories are being heard. And even though it's such a tragic way they all were taken from us, it brought love to us. It brought love in my heart, and so, so we we went to get the vamps and brought them home. And it was, I was, I was sitting on the plane, and I says, Trish, your stewardess, your stewardess for the day, because I knew that that's what. Her brother had said she wanted to be, so um, knowing all of this and participating in this walking with our sisters event was was healing for me, and um, and I and I appreciate and honored to participate in sharing Trisha's stories through the maps. Um uh, for the um I just I just wanted to share a few other things with you is that since the, the murdered and missing and it's it seems to be getting more of our our um, murdered and missing women and girls. It's getting there's more and more. So I have set up a prevention and safety plan for myself, my family. My, um, my daughter and uh, my nieces, my um, nephews, you know, and um, it's a pre- prevention to protect ourselves, protect myself. When I travel, I make sure my vehicle is full of gas, I have snacks, I have my cell phone, my charger. I carry a knife. I call or text when I'm leaving and I arrive. For example, when I go to visit my dad and family, they're uh, two and a half hours away. I'll text or call dad and say, dad, I'm on the road, I'm leaving. And uh, when I leave the house, my husband and kids say, "Drive safe, mom, and text when you get it. Get there. Let us know, and be safe." the The same routine as I do when I'm traveling back home. Dad's pretty, pretty good at uh, having us. Pend right to the minute to the hour, and he knows uh, if I stop. In in uh, when I check in with him, he says he'll say, "Oh, you got home kind of late," and uh, so I, I says, "Well, I stopped at Tim Hortons, and I usually don't st- stop to go out." get out of my car, I'll do a drive through Tim's or a drive through takeout when I'm traveling alone. And uh, when I was working as a delivery driver, I had a very good co worker. And he always looked out for me and I, we would have to stop along the highway and stop at these uh, uh, on routes. And I would tell him, if I'm not out in 15 minutes, you come look for me. And uh, whether we had to stop to use the washroom, the restroom or, or uh, just to have a little break. But these are some of the precautions that I, I um, take. And also while shopping, I do a check and I check um, the when I pull into the to do, do my groceries, I do a check of all the vehicles that I park around, and I try to park as close to the to the main door as I can, and then I um, I uh, Try not to, when I load my groceries in, I try to make sure I'll put one bag in and then I'll look around. So I always have that awareness. What is around me? And those are the same same, uh, uh, precautions my daughter will do as well. If she's out having to... uh, go to a meeting or a, a work-related, she will also text and say, I made it, mom, and I'm, I'm on, and then I'll text you when I'm leaving. So those are our um, safety precautions we do, and but we shouldn't have to do that. And uh, those, because we don't we don't want, I don't want to see any more murdered and missing, women and girls. I also um, I was taking notes writing little things down that I wanted to say today. And, and uh, it's this one here is uh, I wouldn't know where I would be if I didn't have the supports in place that I need, needed to get through some rough days, You know, and uh, we all have them. And uh, I have a wonderful support system. And I have a wonderful support group. And that has helped me heal and shared my thoughts. This group is Love Starts With Us. It's a group out of Kanoka Shah on the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. And they give me strength. They give me love. They listen to me. And, and uh, I want to honor these ladies, family members, for just being who they are. And also in my support is uh, I have wonderful counselors. I um I've shared so much with them and they help me and we and it, and it's good to have those counselors and and um, and to share, they understand. And I know that they have the the love in their hearts to help us and they do help, they do help me. And with my uh, ceremonies and my culture and my prayers my bundle, that is all a part of the support and the, and the help. That's where I go to get my help, where I go to when I'm, I'm uh, having a bad day or need a, a lifter. And also my dad, he's 96 years young. He has the kindest heart, the love. And he's always says, if there's love, love is not at home, then there's no love. And um, he's my strength. Then when I need to, to um, I'll call him, every day just to check in with him and uh, just being there he's he's the uh, he's the go-to man and also my mom she she's uh looks over and protects me from the spirit world. And I too talk to her every day and say, Chi mi for being there, for listening to me, for teaching me what, when I was younger, to be in that strong Nishna Kwe woman and 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 uh, to have the strength she had and she still carries that and also my support is my family and friends and and just to to maybe pick well text now I guess and not so much phoning texting and saying Oh, you have a good day, or how are you doing today? Or, you know, those are those are uh, the check-ins, you know. And and my family, my nieces and great nieces out west, you know, they're they're. Uh, I'm always when I say my prayers and uh, and ask for uh, them to be safe, my list is long. So I, I um, continue to keep them in my prayers. So, And um, also I had, had uh, written was um, the hopes and changes. You know i would would like to see no more murdered and missing women and girls and boys, no more. I want to see the safety for the next generations. And I would like all Canadians to be involved in our in our our fight to to have no more murdered, missing. Indigenous women and girls, and boys and men, and educate. Don't be scared to to come to talk to the family members, the survivors. Ask them what they need, or, or if they're not really willing to talk, that's okay but at least you reached out. And, and we need that. We need, we need to know that. Okay, I'll reach out today. And that does make a difference. Those are just some of the um, one, things I've written down that I thought was important to me. And... Uh, well sharing my story, sharing, sharing and talking about the boat Trish. And uh, to get involved with our our uh, awareness events. There's uh Three events throughout the year. One is February 14th, a day to honor the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. May 5th is National Day of Awareness Day for Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls. And October is Murdered and Missing Indigenous women and girls, it's honoring them. And uh, wherever these events take place all over Turtle Island, everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome to join and walk beside us, support us, honor our loved ones And those are just some of the events that, you know, these are all welcome to participate in.
0: Miigwech, my sister. I really appreciate. I really appreciate everything that you shared today. Um, From the bottom of my heart, you know, um, it's a hard situation. You know it's it's hard to be in and i and i understand all of those precautionary safety um measures that we have to put in place because i do that with my sisters i do that with my nieces and and uh um, female friends that i know to be careful and to always watch what you're doing where you are and your surroundings and and you know what it, it takes a lot of time and energy to live like that. And, um, I don't think, uh, you know, the greater society really understands how much that we have to put in place in order just to live and be. And, uh, you know, um, through this whole thing, I I kept my smudge going because it's a really heavy topic and, um, it is, uh, something that we live with every day, you know, Mm -hmm. and, I want to thank everybody for, for being here and for participating and, um, miigwech for all the wonderful comments that you gave Diane. Everybody was saying you have strength uh, for sharing your story today, um, publicly because it is really tough and my heart is with you. and, And the next time I see you, which is going to be very soon, I'm going to give you a beautiful, beautiful warm hug. So miigwech from the bottom of our hearts and, uh, Everybody, please um, be mindful, and uh, we share this with love. Our heart is full of love. All the love is coming to you, Diane, and uh, miigwech, everybody. Miigwech.
2: Thank you for joining us today for our final webinar in this 2022 Indigenous Conversations series. We would like to thank Diane Smoke-Thomas for bringing this important presentation to our communities today to educate, advocate, and to raise awareness for murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. We would also like to thank Faith Rivers for her continued support in this webinar series and as a director at Heritage Mississauga. Heritage Mississauga would also like to thank the Ontario Trillium Foundation's Resilient Communities Fund for their financial support to help us bring Indigenous conversations to a wider community through this webinar series. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us to stay up to date on upcoming programs and webinars from Heritage Mississauga as we continue to research, record, and celebrate the diverse heritage of Mississauga.